You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Monday, everybody. We are coming off a a pretty fun weekend of playoff basketball. Game seven, Clippers, Mavericks on Sunday. I want to talk about that here off the top and and just kind of, I'm really excited about Mavericks Jazz second round, or excuse me, Clippers Jazz in the second round. So I want to talk about that matchup a little bit. Um, And uh, then I want to get into, this is now a couple days old, but it happened like Friday afternoon after the Friday show had already posted and and, uh, it's Monday now, but I want to talk about the the Stephen A. Smith, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, Trailblazers, I don't know, it's not a rumor, but quote unquote rumor from Friday, because I feel like we have to talk about it. And I want to list my reasons as to why it's it's really dumb that uh, that it's a thing that's out there. But that'll I want to spend the first part of the show talking about that. And then I want to get into the playoffs, actually, uh, following that, um, I guess, my, my list of reasons why Carl Anthony Towns will not be traded to the Portland Trailblazers, my exasperation at the idea that this is like something that that a legitimate, you know, television show and a legitimate reporter. Stephen A. Smith's a good reporter. Like, why is this something we need to talk? I mean, I know the answer, but we're going to talk about it anyway here off the top, and then we'll get into playoff basketball um, and uh, and kind of peek ahead at the week. Also, a note here off the top, uh, I actually hosted the Lockdown NBA show today on Monday. So if you're not already subscribed to that show, first of all, you, you should be. It's fantastic. Daily Monday through Friday. It's a great rotation of hosts at Lockdown NBA and uh, covering the entire league both the teams in the playoffs, the teams out of the playoffs, and like basically a 30-minute show every day. So if you're not subscribed or you're not following that show, please do. And uh, also, you can start by listening to today's show over at Locked On NBA. Yours truly guest hosted, filled in for Josh Lloyd, the fantastic Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and uh, Yahoo Sports Australia. I was filling in for him, big shoes to fill, and I spoke with uh, Locked On Blazers host, uh, uh, Mike Richmond, I spoke with Lockdown Clippers host, uh, an exuberant, um, a jubilant Lockdown Clippers host, Chuck Mockler, after the Clippers Game 7 victory, and also with Philip Rossman Reich from Lockdown Magic about Orlando's coaching change that uh, they made, the decision they made to part ways with Steve Clifford last week. So it's a packed show at Lockdown NBA. If you don't typically listen to the show, first of all, you should. Second of all, start today. And, uh, you know, make sure you're following that show anywhere you get podcasts. And same thing with this show. Uh, Lockdown Wolves can be found anywhere as well. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. And my Twitter account is at B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, let's talk about this nonsense coming out of Stephen A. Smith on Friday's First Take program on ESPN. If you missed the rumor, let me see if, uh, let me pull it up quick and I'll read it uh, verbatim here. But um Okay, here it is. And I'm, I'm going to do my best not to read this in a, in a terrible Stephen A. Smith impression voice. He said, "I this is a direct quote from what he said on First Take. I just got a text from somebody. They will remain nameless, but let's just say they have incredible credibility. That's just a great phrase by itself. Incredible credibility when it comes to basketball, which is good. What else? Why? What other thing would they have credibility for that would matter in this context? 
and it, okay. Picking back up the quote, he says, and they mentioned to me, Carl Anthony Towns may be in Portland and you make a move involving Nurkic, McCollum or whomever and bring in Carl Anthony Towns, end quote. Now, Stephen A. Smith is a good reporter. He is, he, despite the character he plays on TV, he is a good reporter. He does know people in the league. I'm not arguing that he doesn't. I know why he reported this on TV. This was basically like a live rumor that happened in real time. Um, I get it. That's what first takes about but we have to talk about it because it's a legitimate NBA reporter reporting this stuff. Now, he also retweeted the first take tweet about about what he said on air. And this is now his Stephen A. Smith's tweet in response to what he said on air. He said, quote, no need to corroborate. I said what I said. A well-connected league source simply texted me to say Carl Anthony Towns would be a perfect fit with Dame in Portland. That's all. That's his tweet. I mean, yeah. I could have told you that. I mean, anybody could tell you that. Anybody that watches basketball could have told you that Towns and Damian Lillard are a great fit together. Um, I mean, okay, in a vacuum, sure. If you're drawing up somebody to play with Damian Lillard, Towns is a is a pretty good, uh, you know, big man you draw up in a lab to play with Dame. He is. But we're not in a vacuum, and uh, there's a there's a cost to making a trade like that, right? And and the the Blazers aren't going to be able to pony up what the Wolves would want. The Wolves probably aren't that interested in CJ McCollum, which we'll get to in a second. And it's just, it's just a, a rumor for rumor's sake. And it's not even really a rumor because there, there's nothing saying the Blazers called the Timberwolves. There's nothing saying the Timberwolves called the Blazers. Lillard didn't say, I want to play with Cat. The Timberwolves didn't say, we really want CJ McCollum. Towns didn't say, I really want to play with Dame in Portland. None of these things happened. This is just somebody with, in, quote, incredible credibility when it comes to basketball. That's Stephen A. Smith talking, not me. Incredible credibility when it comes to basketball. Said that Lillard and I mean, I mean, you don't even have to have incredible credibility. You can just be somebody who watches basketball and and know that Lillard and Towns fit together well. So, I, I guess I've done my venting about the actual report itself. Uh, I don't think to. I guess the credit of basketball blogs everywhere. And and I'm not pretending like I've read every single blog's reaction to this, but I don't think anybody's really taking this as a real rumor um, because, because it's not for all the reasons I already lined out, but it is interesting fodder. And, and Hey, uh, it's giving me this opportunity to, to kind of rant about Stephen A. Smith's uh, reporting on air. And also why I think it's ridiculous that, that we're even giving this to, you know, two seconds worth of thought. So I, I want to get into my reasons though, because, because he's right. Lillard and Towns are a great fit together, right? We, we know that, but what are the reasons why it won't happen from the Portland side and also from the Minnesota side? And, and, and there are quite a few reasons. So let's get into that next. First though, let's talk about our friends at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests that add your must-have requirements, so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, 
you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you it tastes exactly like a candy bar, not like a typical protein bar. Take that from somebody who does not care for protein bars normally, but I promise you Built Bar is the best one you'll ever try. There's nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And then after that, you can get one whole box of all one flavor. You could do uh, three different flavors in a box where you get six of each flavor for a total of 18 bars. That's what I typically do. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and just four grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's let's uh, put a bow on the Lillard, Lillard Towns conversation, um, or the I guess the Towns Blazers conversation. So, reason number one why this doesn't make sense is why would the Timberwolves do this? Um, Carl Anthony Towns is under contract for three more years. Carl Anthony Towns says he wants to stay in Minnesota. He said that after the season, after everything that happened, he wants to be a Timberwolves player. He wants to stay with the same franchise for his whole career. He hasn't requested a trade, obviously. Um, and okay. So for all those reasons, it's not happening. Towns isn't getting traded. And if he's getting traded, it's not going to be for a, uh, a small, uh, offense only, you know, poor defensive two guard. And I, I really like CJ McCollum. I do. I think he's a fantastic player, but he's now 30 or 31. He's paid $30 million and he had an okay season, but was, has been the second fiddle to Dame basically his whole career in Portland. And I mean, they went to the conference finals once, I believe. And, uh, it's not like, and and I hate the, like, Oh, where, what have they done? That means he's not a good player. That, that is a lame argument and it's not, it's not true. But in McCollum's case, what, what would make us think that, I mean, McCollum would be a great fit with towns, but why would you add CJ McCollum to a team that already has D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards? Those guys are all guards. So is CJ McCollum. <laughs> they're they're all six four uh or or shorter, and CJ McCollum's six three. I mean, you basically have four guys. They're obviously different players, but you'd have four high usage guards. McCollum is uh yeah, he's third or he'll be thirty at the start of next season. And uh, I mean McCollum, again, good player, great offensive player. He's never been a good defender. I mean, there's nothing about the profile of McCollum as a player outside of the fact that he's a really good three point shooter. That, that would make me say, oh yeah, let's trade Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't care if you get Nurkic back. I mean, you're still, you've got the problem where at that point, your four best players would all need the ball in their hands and all basically be be two guards. I mean, as their optimal positions, right? I mean, that's Anthony Edwards' best position, Malik Beasley's best position. You could argue it's D'Angelo Russell's best position, depending on who he's playing with, and CJ McCollum. So you, your four best players would basically all be twos. That makes zero sense. Uh, you know, it doesn't fit anything with uh, resembling what the Wolves are trying to do. Um, the only way this makes any sense is if you trade him for Damian Lillard. And even then, it, it still doesn't make sense from a roster balance perspective. Um, I, I mean, I guess then the Blazers, the Blazers aren't going to do that because Lillard is a better player than Carl Anthony Towns. But 
the Blazers at least could say, okay, we've got Towns and McCollum together. We've got something, you know, we can kind of re- hit the reset button if Lillard's really, truly unhappy. But from the Wolves' perspective, then you'd have to flip D'Angelo Russell somewhere else. And, you know, that's obviously not going to happen. So there's no sense in talking anymore about it. The only way it would make any sense is if the Blazers were able to include like three or four first round picks and pick swaps and the whole thing and a third team was involved. And maybe, you know, the Wolves would would look at that in some situation, I guess. But but there's other teams that would offer that and other teams that could offer talent that would fit better with Anthony Edwards and uh, to a lesser extent, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley than C.J. McCollum. So, I mean, yeah, Stephen A. Smith is right. Carl Anthony Towns and Damian Damian Lillard would be a fantastic fit together from a basketball perspective. Not worried about defense. Both are a little better defensively than they get credit for at this point in their careers. You know, that wouldn't be, you'd be good enough with Lillard and Towns together. You wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, It's not happening. It just isn't. And uh, and I don't think we'll talk about it ever again on the show because it's not going to turn into a real rumor. Uh, But I wanted to to say all that. I wanted to put that all out there. one other really quick Timberwolves note, David Vanterpool, the, the former associate head coach who reportedly, and the Wolves haven't confirmed this, but it was pretty widely reported a few weeks ago that he's not returning. And it's no surprise uh, given that he was handpicked by Rosas before Rosas then handpicked Chris Finch to become the new head coach. And Finch is going to want to bring in his own guys. Vanterpool is being reported as a, as a likely finalist for really all the head coaching jobs, the vacant jobs currently. Uh, which is Boston Celtics, Orlando Magic, and uh, of course, Portland. Um, He hasn't been linked specifically to Portland, but that's where he spent, I think it was seven seasons as an assistant. And both Lillard and McCollum spoke up publicly about Vanterpool getting, he should be getting a head coaching job and then spoke out again. It was just a couple of years ago uh, when when the Timberwolves hired him away. They talked about how they were going to miss him and he was a great coach in Portland. And then they spoke out when the Wolves hired Chris Finch mid-season and passed over Vanterpool. Uh, So, Interestingly, uh, Damian Lillard came out last Friday and said that he wanted Jason Kidd to be Portland's next head coach. And then Kidd was put in the weird spot where where Lillard is saying this right after Terry Stotts is dismissed. So then Kidd had to like, he didn't have to do this, but he came out and said he was not going to be considered a candidate for the Portland job, basically because of what Dame did, because Jason Kidd was put in an awkward situation. So it's such a weird thing. And I, I talked with uh, with. Mike from Lockdown Blazers about this over at the Lockdown NBA podcast if you want to hear his take on it. But the fact that a superstar came out and said, hey, this is the coach I want. Well, his former coach, who he'd been with for years, was barely out the door. And then, and then the the potential new coach just said, no, nah, I'm not interested. That's really weird. Um, and Vanterpool hasn't even come up. I mean, come on. I, Lillard and McCollum both really like David Vanterpool. So you'd think that they would be, they'd be clamoring for him to be hired. And maybe he will. We don't know. Uh, but Vanterpool is very likely going to be a finalist in, in one, two, or three or more even uh, head coaching vacancies. Um, that would be my expectation. Okay, let's uh, cruise right on into a conversation about the the playoffs, what happened over the weekend. Of course, anytime we talk about the playoffs, the road to the finals, it's all brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, playoff action from the weekend. So the last show we did was all the way back on Friday morning. So since then, a lot has happened. Um, of course, there's been two games in the Clippers-Mavs series that's now over. The the uh, the Clippers forced a game seven on Friday night and then turned around and won on Sunday in a game seven in advance to the second round, we'll be taking on the Utah Jazz. And I want to talk about that in the last segment. 
But on Friday night, the Clippers beat the Mavericks in a relatively close game. Kawhi had 45, was fantastic. Then on Saturday, we saw game one of Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Of course, James Harden got hurt in the opening minute of that game. And then Brooklyn still went on to win by eight over Milwaukee. Kevin Durant had a big game. Some other players stepped up big for the Nets. Giannis had 34 in the loss for Milwaukee. And uh, tonight, Monday night, we'll have... Nets and Bucks game two. James Harden's already been ruled out for the game. So no James Harden in game two. And, and Milwaukee's obviously, they have to win this game. You can't go down 0-2 with Harden effectively not having played. That's that's not an option if you're Milwaukee and if you want a chance to win the series. On Sunday, we saw game one of, of Atlanta, Philadelphia. Joel Embiid played despite the partially torn meniscus that caused him to sit out the, the very end of the Wizards series in the first round. Um, Embiid still played 38 minutes, had 39 points, nine rebounds, was very good. She got to the line 15 times, had three blocks, was really, really good. Seth Curry had 21 for the Sixers. Ben Simmons had 17 and 10. But the Atlanta Hawks ended up winning this game after a, they were up big and Philadelphia had a furious fourth quarter comeback. Trey Young had 35 points on 23 shots, 10 assists for him, 11 and 10 double-double for Clint Capella, 15 off the bench for Kevin Herter and the Hawks. Uh, really put on a clinic offensively in this game, especially early in the game. They were up, uh, what, 20 at halftime in this one and had to kind of hold on at the end. But the Hawks took a 1-0 lead, which was, of course, a bit of a surprise. No DeAndre Hunter. He didn't play in this game. And Embiid did play. And yet the Hawks still emerged victorious. So they're up 1-0 in that series. And then uh, on Sunday, of course, we had the game seven. That was the the big Clippers-Mavs game. Kawhi Leonard was unbelievable in this series. Just, just ridiculous. And, and, and I, I mean, there's really no way to describe just how good he was. Um, it, it was about as good of a series as we've seen, certainly this year for any individual player. And, and I think going back some time, um, for the series in seven games, Kawhi averaged 32 points, 32.1 points, 7.9 rebounds, 4.6 assists. He shot 61.8% from the field, 62% on field goals. 43.4% on three-point attempts, 90% from the line. There just aren't words to describe how good Kawhi was in this series. And uh, he came up massive in this last in this last game. Luka, of course, was very good. Luka Doncic was, was fantastic for the Mavericks. But the Clippers simply tried to trap Luka anytime that he, uh, you know, came off a screen and pick and roll or anytime he was in isolation, they tried to trap him on the wing. And they just tried to make Dallas's other players make shots and they couldn't do it. Uh, Dallas shot 27.8% from three in this game. Lots of open missed threes. Kristaps Porzingis was 0 of 5 from deep. Tim Hardaway was 1 of 9. A good series for him, but he shot 5 of 14 in this game and 1 of 9 outside the arc. Had only 11 points. And uh, the Mavericks bench had six total points in this game. And uh, the Mavs just, just I mean, they started Boban Mignanovic. This was a mid-series adjustment for them to try and go big to, to you know, out-muscle the clips in the paint. Boban was good, 14 and 10. He was a big part of a fourth quarter comeback. The The Clippers had like an eight, I think it was an 18 to three run in the third quarter, built uh, uh, about a 20 point lead. And then Dallas pushed back in the fourth, got to within seven in the closing minutes with about two, two and a half minutes left. And Boban was huge. He had six offensive rebounds, a lot of those coming in the fourth quarter. But the Clippers were able to get a couple of big threes. Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson hit big shots and they pulled away, ended up winning by 15 the Mavericks go home. The Clippers advance to take on the Utah Jazz. I want to preview the next round of the playoffs, especially Jazz Clippers, because that's the series I'm probably most excited about. I want to do that here next. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is now in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's uh let's preview the next round of the playoffs. So We've already talked about the two Eastern Conference series that have started, the the Philadelphia-Atlanta series, which is the one seed versus the five. The five-seed five Hawks are now up one nothing in that series. And uh, I still think Philadelphia wins this series in probably six games. I think Atlanta maybe picks up one more. Embiid's injury obviously matters. Um, but but this was just a, a lights-out performance from the Hawks offensively, and they, they still almost ended up kicking the game away at the end. I think Philadelphia will win that series. I'm going to say in six games. I could see it going seven, but I think they'll win it in six. Um, and then the other the other series in the Western Conference, Brooklyn-Milwaukee. This sounds crazy, but it, it basically comes down to game two. If the Bucks can't win game two with no James Harden on the floor and they go down 2-0, headed back to Milwaukee, even though I just they're going to be in a really tough spot. Brooklyn's the two seed. Of course, Milwaukee's the three seed. I think I think Brooklyn wins this series. I also think this one goes six. I think Milwaukee does pick up a couple of wins because Giannis is just too good. And, and you know, uh, Budenholzer is a good coach and the Bucks are obviously a great team. So I think both those series go six. I think the favorite team wins both. I think Philadelphia and Brooklyn end up hooking up in the conference finals. In the West, we have the Denver Phoenix series kicking off on Monday evening. Of course, that starts in Phoenix the three-seeded Nuggets at the two-seeded Phoenix Suns, who uh, in a rare, I, I don't know, I mean, the Suns were the two-seed, the Lakers were the seven. I mean, technically the Lakers should have been the underdog, but they weren't. So Phoenix upset them, I guess, in six games as the two-seed. And it's taken on Denver, who beat Portland in six games. Again, the rough and tumble West is so much more entertaining than the Eastern Conference. It just is. I mean, look at the East. There were only three total games won by the teams that lost. So we had a sweep, and then three 4-1 series in the Eastern Conference. In the West, there was a single 4-1 series. The one, of course, Mavericks Clippers that went seven games, and then the other two series each went six games. So just a lot more entertaining in the Western Conference. The Nuggets-Suns matchup is super intriguing to me. I, I, I really think that uh, ultimately, Denver will still win this series. But Playing a Phoenix defense that's significantly better than Portland's defense could be a challenge for a Jamal Murray-less Nuggets team. It will be a challenge for them. And they're just not quite, they don't have quite the depth that we're used to seeing from them. I guess the same with Phoenix. I mean, they're still working through their big man rotation, whether it's Dario Saric or Frank Kaminsky. And both those guys were basically out of the rotation by the end of that Lakers series. And they, they did force the Lakers to play small a little bit more. Uh, we saw less and less of Marc Gasol and Montrez Harrell and, and uh, those big men with the Lakers as the series went on. But uh, really intrigued to see how Phoenix tries to slow down Nikola Jokic. And Joker had a couple of big games against Phoenix in the regular season. I think two of the three games between the two, if I remember right, were, were pretty closely contested. And one was more of a blowout. But they haven't played in a while. It was early in the season. I think January was the last time Denver, Denver and Phoenix played each other. Uh, Chris Paul obviously limited, but still effective. Um, you know, limited with the shoulder injury. 
And Devin Booker is unbelievable. Um, it'd be a lot of fun to see Booker and Jamal Murray go back, go back and forth, go at each other. Unfortunately, we won't see that. We'll see DeAndre Ayton and Nikola Jokic will be fun. Um, but I, I still think the Nuggets win this series. It's going to take probably seven games. I'm going to say Denver in seven in this one. I think they'll close it out with a win on the road in Phoenix, uh, but it should be a really fun series. I want to focus on Jazz Clippers here for the last couple of minutes of the show today. I just think this is a really intriguing matchup. Um, another series that they played three times, um, two were close. One was a blowout. There were a couple of overtime games mixed in. Gobert had a 2020 game at one point against the Clippers. Derek Favors had one really big game off the bench. I think it was a game Gobert was in foul trouble. And the way the Clippers slowed down the Mavericks was, it wasn't simple, but but it was, right? I mean, it's it's all about stopping Luka Doncic. And, and obviously he's an incredible player, but if you can trap him, make him shoot difficult contested deep threes, uh, cut off passing lanes for him, make him be as one-dimensional as possible and, and as high usage of a player as you can make him be and make the, the Maxi Kleberts and the Dorian Finney-Smiths and the Tim Hardaways of the world make their shots. And, and they did enough of that to keep the Mavs in the series. And Luca was obviously incredible. And that's the main reason that this thing went seven games. But you can't necessarily play the Utah Jazz the same way. Now, Donovan Mitchell is not the same player as Luka Doncic, but he is he is going to be handling the ball in the half-court offense, and he's going to be looking to get downhill and score in a similar way as Doncic. Uh, not as effective as a passer and, uh, um, you know, just a, a little bit of a different player. But the idea of guarding him in a similar fashion makes a lot of sense. The difference is that you've got Mike Conley, you've got Rudy Gobert. I mean, Gobert is... is, uh, is fantastic, obviously, um, on both ends of the floor, but offensively, he's so much more dynamic than any of the bigs that Dallas could run out there. And Mike Conley is a much better point guard than any of the point guards the Mavs ran out there, uh, you know, or any of the guards they ran out there outside of Luka Doncic. So the Jazz are just a, uh, you know, a more well-rounded starting five. Now, in terms of depth, the Clippers have a deeper team. I think that, you know, Luke Kennard off the bench and among others, um, they just have a better bench unit than the Jazz do. And the Jazz are, have been relatively healthy for most of the season, but um, in, in, in the playoff steps shouldn't matter that much because how, you know, the starters end up playing a vast majority of the minutes, the benches shorten, the rotations tighten. But if this series goes six or seven games and there's adjustments back and forth, that kind of thing does matter to some extent. And this is going to be a knock them out, drag them out physical series. Both these teams have physical players, have good defenders. And I think most of these games are going to be close. I'm just really fascinated to see how aggressively the Clippers try and defend Donovan Mitchell. And if the Jazz, who are one of the league's better three-point shooting teams all season, can Joe Ingles bounce back after a rough close to the first round series against Memphis? He shot 45% from three this year. Just ridiculous, but he didn't make any threes. He made one three total over the past over the final three games of that series against Memphis in the first round. Can can Ingles get back on track? Can Jordan Clarkson do damage against the Clippers? If the answer is yes, then uh, the Jazz are going to be in a really good spot. Um, they're going to rely heavily on those guys probably off the bench. Um, but if if they can't make those open shots, if they go cold from deep when Mitchell and Conley and Gobert are getting a lot of pressure, then they're in big trouble because Kawhi is playing extremely well right now, uh, which is an understatement. Paul George is still fantastic. Both those guys can defend, especially Kawhi. And the Clippers have that bench depth as well um, and are maybe a little bit uh, more well-rounded in terms of a full unit. 
Um, both these teams are good defensively. Both can make threes. It just should be a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know how, I mean, I do know how the Clippers ended up with the fourth seed, but they should have been better than that. Um, they are a really good team. Um, and they're going to give Utah all they can handle in this series. I, I, I still think Utah wins the series, um, because I think home court will matter a little bit in this series, but I also think this will go seven games. And, and I know that the odds of both these series in the West going seven are probably not great, but that's my official prediction leading into, uh, the Western conference portion of the second round. I'm going to take Utah in seven over the Clippers. I'm going to take, uh, Denver over the Phoenix, over the Phoenix suns in seven games on the Eastern conference side. I'm going to take Philadelphia in six and I'll take Brooklyn in six and six as well over Milwaukee. So, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, both in six games, Utah and Denver, both in seven games in the West. And uh, I'll make my next round of predictions after that. But that's what I think is going to happen this round. Of course, we'll keep up with the action. And again, the the games for Monday night are Milwaukee and Brooklyn game two is the first one. It's a TNT doubleheader at 630 Central, followed by Denver at Phoenix game one and another really fun series. Um, so, uh, and of course, whoever wins the title is going to be a team that hasn't won the title in what? like 27 or 28 years and like half, half of the teams remaining have never won a championship. Um, at least four of the remaining eight teams have never won an NBA championship in franchise history. So this should be a ton of fun and good to see some new teams in the mix as well. Um, all right, we'll be back on Tuesday, of course, here at Lockdown Wolves daily show Monday through Friday. If you're not already following the show, please do anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter. The show account is at LockedOnTWolves. My personal Twitter account is at BBeacon. So be sure to follow both of those accounts as well. And if you do listen on Apple, go ahead and help out with a review. That always is uh, is helpful if you can do that. Um, of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Podcast Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories Reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. One last shameless plug. If you have not listened to Lockdown NBA, if you're not following that show, please do and listen to today's episode in which I guest hosted and had some great conversations with some other Lockdown NBA hosts. So be sure to check that out. Stay tuned the rest of the week. Make sure you're following this podcast. That's all we have for today. Thanks once again for listening to Locked On Wolves. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, how high is the Tennessee Titans ceiling with Julio Jones? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.